welcome to the Sustainability Spelled Out podcast brought to you by Sustainalize. In this series of podcasts, we will dive into the practicalities of various corporate sustainability initiatives through the eyes of sustainability professionals working in the field every day. Our aim is to provide concise and pragmatic insights into the what, how and why of these initiatives and highlight the challenges and outcomes associated with putting them into action. I'm your host, Amy White, coming to you from the Sustainalize Australia office in Melbourne. Businesses today are faced with increasing stakeholder pressure to act upon large environmental and social issues such as climate change and human rights. These stakeholders are demanding not only retrospective metrics to measure performance, but also forward-looking strategies that deliver shared value to the business as well as society. One company that has taken the bold step to truly integrate sustainability into their business strategy is Randstad, the world's number one human resources company with their 500 million people plan. To talk us through what was involved in setting and implementing this, we are joined by Malu Landers, their Global Sustainability Manager. Thanks for joining us, Malu. Hi. Although I'm sure most listeners are familiar with Runstad, can you give us a brief overview of the business and the services you offer? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, Runstad is the number one uh, HR company in the world, and we are specialized in recruitment and HR solutions. So our services range from uh, temporary staffing, uh, permanent placements, in-house services, recruitment of professionals and uh, consulting like HR solution or um, recruitment uh, outplacement. So I'm assuming in that you offer quite a lot of uh, person-to-person services as well as uh, some digital, would that be correct? Yeah, we call it the tech and touch uh, strategy. So we're moving forward to becoming a more digital company, but we feel that the human part, the touch um, stays important and will stay important in the future uh, to really make the connection with people and businesses to help them move forward in their careers and in, in the organization. So as a, as a company at the forefront of dealing with, with humans, essentially, um, what are the major sustainability challenges you face and, and how do these differ from country to country? Well, we have two topics where we focus on. Um, one is improving employability and skills of people uh, to stay fit on the labour market and to be employable for the future of work because the future will change, more robots and automation will take place, uh, new type of jobs will emerge. So how can we make sure that everybody uh, in the future can contribute? And the other part is uh, diversity and inclusion. It's very important that everybody uh, can join uh, in the labor market. And also because there uh, will be a lot of scarcity in certain profiles, we need everybody. Um, So we have to change the mindset that every individual has a sort of talents. Um, so we have to just tap into that talent, uh, no matter what the background or type of person it is. So in, in 2018, based on this um, tech and touch you, you mentioned, you, you developed a, an integrated sustainability strategy known as the 500 million people plan. Can you explain this plan a little bit to us and also the rationale behind setting it? 
Yeah, well, um, I used to work for an operating company in the Netherlands. And at that point, we were looking at sustainability more uh, at the triple P uh, way. People, planet, profit, do no harm. Uh, but I was looking for a way to uh, show what our contribution is to society and how we add value to all our different stakeholders. And when I started working at Ronset Global, uh, I thought we need an inspiring goal uh, so we can tell our story better how we add value to all those different stakeholders. And that's also uh, Ronstadt uh, will, will be uh, 60 years uh, old next year. And our core values are, well, almost six years in place as well. And one of them is simultaneous promotion of all interest. Um, so how can we uh, make that more tangible? What is our added value to our flex workers, to our clients, to our own employees, to society in general? So um, that's why we came up with the idea of a so-called B-hack, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, and that's that in 2030, we will touch the work lives of 500 million people. And of course, we made a plan behind it, how we will uh, drive our strategy and our business towards the goal. Are there key pillars to the strategy? Yeah, we have four um, pillars. The first is we also connected it with the stakeholders. Uh, so the first one is uh, contributing to economic growth, and um, which means that we enable clients, uh, organizations uh, to grow, but also economies through flexible workforce, and that uh, the increase in technical innovation will speed up the, um, the reach of uh, connecting with people like chatbots or uh, other digital ways of connecting with people. And then we have our second driver connecting with people and that's more um, the general way of business, placement, staffing, but also advice, uh, how can we help people moving forward in their careers. Uh, and then the third one is fostering inclusive employment. So uh, how can we make sure that everyone um, is part of that labor market and uh, contribute to society? And the fourth one is shaping the world of work. In order to do all this, uh, we need a decent way of flexible work and also take part in the discussion, how will the future of work look like and how can we make sure that everybody can take part of it? How did you convince your senior managers to get behind this? Yeah, well, we first started with internal stakeholder uh, interviews and we asked them uh, what they wanted to do. Uh, do we want to set a goal or uh, what is our plan? And you're right, not everybody was immediately in favor of setting this this uh, high goal uh, and also a long-term goal. But luckily, our CEO, Jacques van der Broek, was immediately uh, in favor of this. Uh, he liked the idea of a North, North Star that guides us in the future because the future is, of course, unknown uh, and you can predict a lot, but you never are sure. So how 
can you navigate the, through that uncertainty if you still have that North Star with you? So, yeah, and 500 million research shows that if you set that Im- ambitious goal that you will eventually do a lot more with this goal, even though you might not reach it or even top it, but then without this goal, because it's inspiring and, and people start looking for new business opportunities. Um, so he was immediately uh, very excited about this uh, this idea behind the, the BHAC and the goal. And also in regards to the idea to integrate the, the sustainability strategy into the business strategy, how was that received? Yeah, very well. We're, of course, a, a business, a, a commercial company. So in order to stay sustainable, we have to make profit. And I really believe that if you do your business in a sustainable way and you really add value through your purpose to society, that you can have the biggest impact through your business. And that's, of course, a challenge that everybody in the company recognizes uh, what he or she is doing today for this uh, goal, but also in the future, um, what new business opportunities do they see or can they come up with to to reach even more people? But yeah, sometimes it's uh, it's a bit of both because it's really in our core values, in our DNA, uh, so people can really easily link it to their business. But on the other hand, sustainability is sometimes perceived as only um, CO2 or planet related uh, topics. And then you don't see necessarily the link with our business. So you have to tell the story first that it is part of a sustainable business strategy and it's really integrated. So what steps have you actually taken to to communicate this message internally and and, and inform um, your employees of the relevance of sustainability to their everyday jobs? Well, first, we reported it in the annual report. We have an integrated annual report, so both financial reporting as non-financial reporting. Uh, And we started with measuring where we are at the moment with KPIs, but they're still very output-related. And secondly, uh, we made a video with our CEO, Jacques, explaining about the goal and why we wanted to do this. And now we have this general managers meeting um, with all the top management of Ronstadt globally coming together and they discussed this goal and what does touching the work life mean? How can we really integrate it into our own business plans and how do we steer on performance towards this goal. So the discussion is still going on and and uh, people are uh, really discussing together on how to move forward. So finally it's it's yeah it's it's happening and of course some people are also a bit scared of this big number 500 million are we ever going to reach it but it's deliberately this audacious goal so it has to f- feel a little bit uncomfortable to make people aware and and to uh, speed up the process. First, people have to know that we have the goal and then also understand what it means for their daily job and their future job. And then also know that it is part of sustainable strategy. So yeah, that that's the way eventually all the employees uh, also have to 
learn for themselves what it means um, for them in their jobs, this ultimate goal. I can imagine being a global business that the approach to, to sustainability as well as um, this particular goal um, would, would vary quite significantly between between different countries. So how have you translated this into into different communications or action plans to make sure they're relevant for the local markets? So all the countries make their own plans. So in the big countries, we have a dedicated sustainability manager and he or she uh, makes together with the managing director of the country a plan on this 500 million, both a, a long-term plan uh, as a short-term year plan. I try to explain them that they should focus on what the social issues and the needs of society are in their country and that they should focus on those topics to make it really specific and more value to that country. For example, in Japan, the workforce is, is aging. So uh, a lot of people will retire sooner or already have retired. But female employees uh, mostly leave the labor market when they get married. Uh, so they miss uh, a lot of potential uh, workforce. Um, so they have now this big issue of how can, are we going to attract talent and, and we have a lot of jobs but not enough people. So this is a big issue in Japan but in Italy it could focus on helping migrants and refugees more because they have, uh, they have this big increase of migrants and refugees entering the country. Um, so, But this could also be an opportunity. It's It's mostly perceived as a threat, but it's really an opportunity because there is a lot of scarcity in profiles. So we can help those people and the companies uh, with those people. So you should really look per country, what is the biggest issue and the social issue? And where can we, through our services, um, help society and our stakeholders the best way? That, I mean, that makes that makes a lot of sense to to to, to personalise it to the local market. And do you support uh, the local opcos in, in making that assessment? Well, I, I really believe that they're the experts of their market. And I'm looking for, does it really add value and is there a link with the strategy? And you can also see in a few countries that they're still really focused on um, volunteering, charity, but it's not really linked to the business. So I try to help them with, okay, this is really nice, but maybe we can add more business uh, propositions to them to really have a bigger impact. So you've really tried to shift the approach to a shared value approach versus a classic CSR? Yeah, we call it the sustainability basics. So in order to be a sustainable company, you have to take care of the environment. Uh, we don't have a lot of impact on the environment, but we do what we can. Uh, of course, human rights, uh, labor rights are very important, but it's also a basic. It's not a discussion. We have to do that properly and um, also help our clients doing this uh, and corporate citizenship, volunteering, fundraising is also a basic. It's really good to do. But if you really want to have an impact, you should focus on doing sustainable business. 
And in terms of how you're measuring progress against against your strategy and the, the BHAG, um, how are you approaching that? We just started two years with measuring the first KPIs. It's really difficult to set the right KPIs. Um, and a lot of things that you would like to measure, like in our case, uh, inclusive employment. So uh, we would like to get more insights of how many people we touch but also how many people with a distance to the labor market we touch. But due to uh, laws and regulations and that also differ per country, it's really difficult to measure that in a right way. And I try to move from output KPIs to impact. So what does it mean if we touch 500 million people? Uh, what is the impact to all those stakeholders? What what is really the added value? Uh, and I think that the high volume touches that will be uh, due to techno- uh, technological innovations will be the less impactful, but the less volume touches, the more human touched touches uh, will have more impact on people's lives and on society. But we have to make the difference and show transparent how our progress is going and and what really is the impact of this goal it's interesting when you when you're talking about uh, touch uh, um, how have you actually defined uh, what it means to, to touch somebody's life because i can imagine that also makes setting kpis relatively complicated yeah well we deliberately didn't want a, a strict definition on touch um because it's yeah you can make it too narrow for the future. So maybe there are new business opportunities, of new ways of touching coming up, but due to your definition, you you cannot calculate it or cannot count it for this goal. So that would be the pity. So we uh, also internally try to explain it that, that you, of course, it has to be a positive touch and that you help a person in one way or another moving forward. So it just could be an interview with a good advice or an actual placement or a training. Um, so it's it's still, there is no definition, but we try to, okay, touch has to be positive and has that because of Ronstadt, the person is moving forward. And it can be, again, aligned with your tech and touch. It can be either a digital or, or a, a person-to-person interaction. Yeah. Eventually, a lot of, of the recruitment process will be digitally and with probably also with artificial intelligence that chatbots will do uh, the first selection and people might not even be aware that it is artificial intelligence, uh, but still are helped in a right way. And then the eventual match and placement will still be done by a human and also advising counseling um, that runs that should be your coach throughout your year uh, your life from the moment you are allowed to work to the moment you still want to work so that if we want to have more time for the human interaction we need the digital innovations uh, so yeah both ways Tech will definitely increase the number of people we reach, but also the quality of the human touches will in, be increased. In a in a human-based role, uh, it, it's hard to totally um, 
phase out humans, I, I would I would guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we really believe in putting well, our, our brand promises human forward, but also it's not about customer centricity, but about human centricity. We really for our own employees, our flex workers, our clients, it's all about the humans. And that's what makes us unique compared to artificial intelligence or all the tech. Um, so we have to make sure it, it supports us and not guides us. Now, you're certainly at a very interesting uh, interface between the two, which, yeah, as you said, poses some, some challenges, but, but also a lot of opportunity. So if you were starting out on this journey again of, of setting a, a shared value integrated sustainability strategy, what would you do differently and why? I think from the start, it, the internal communication could have been better. So connect more with communications department and starting with a communication plan from the beginning. On the other hand, also with the measurement, we were in the beginning very focused on output. But yeah, I really believe in showing the impact. And it's really difficult to measure impact. And what is impact? What is the attribution to Runstad? So yeah, I would have liked to start with that discussion measuring impact earlier. But that's the insight we have uh, today. That's the journey. No, absolutely not. And, and impact is, is still a relatively new way of looking at things. So um, I can I can imagine there's there's a fair bit of internal dialogue that needs to, to go around in order to define what impacts you'd actually like to have and how to measure them. Yeah, and also people are, well, all people are different, of course, and some people really need those output KPIs and like, okay, where are we now? How are we doing it? What is next here? And and other people are really, they don't care and like, okay, I know what to do. I'm inspired and just go. So it changes also what, what people need to make it more tangible for themselves to start working on this goal. One person needs really that definition, which we don't give, but explain a little bit more. And the other ones are like, okay, I know uh, what the ultimate goal is. I'll go. And I think I was a bit naive because I'm by myself and also the CEO were really immediately inspired by the SRD and, and of the BHAG and the ultimate goal. But I forgot that there are also a lot of people like, yeah, but okay, what does it mean for me today? It's this big goal. Are we ever going to reach it? So, yeah, we should have taken into account also those needs more. What advice would you give other companies looking to set meaningful sustainability strategies? Stay close to your core business uh, because that's where you can have the most impact uh, to society. Explain why, the, the purpose, and, and really look for this, this big goal because I really believe that setting this big goal helps moving the entire company. But again, also make it more tangible. So it's really finding the balance between today's business and future business and how you move in that transition. And yeah, connecting with internal, but also, of course, external stakeholders. Yeah, what does it mean for them? So stick to, to what you do best and how can you uh, add value to yeah, the the most relevant 
issues that there are in society, whether it's on climate or on people. Thank you so much for your insights and time today, Malu. You're very welcome. And um, I have no doubt that, that our audience has enjoyed listening to, to your experiences. Thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining this episode of Sustainability Spelled Out. For more information on this topic and other relevant sustainability initiatives, please refer to the podcast section of our website at www.sustainalize.com. If you have any ideas for future podcasts or wish to discuss your own plans for sustainability, please reach out using the contact details available on our website. Thanks very much. <laughs>